I'm Fred Eichler, and I have been a lifelong admirer of Fred Bear and his legacy. As a kid growing up reading Fred Bear's field notes and watching his adventures on TV instilled in me a passion to experience the many things Fred got to experience in his hunting career. I'm excited to introduce each new episode of this digital field notes series and to continue the legacy of a man that had a monumental impact on not only me, but also on the sport of archery. This episode of Fred Bear's Field Notes is brought to you by Bear Archery. More than 85 years ago, Fred Bear decided to follow his passion and start an archery company. He believed a quality bow should be accessible to all people, no matter their age, gender, or economic status. He believed the finest trophies are not always in the harvest, but in the memories of fellowship and the great outdoors. Today, the Bear Archery team holds tight to the principles Fred founded the company on. Bear continues to create extremely reliable and intensely lethal archery equipment capable of harvesting any game animal in a quick and ethical fashion. Explore the all-new lineup of bows and accessories on BearArchery.com. We are Bear Archery. This is the Fred Bear Way. Chapter 6 Brown Bear, 1960. Our brown bear hunt in the fall of 1959 in the Prince William Sound area was a new, exciting, and interesting experience. Before saying goodbye to the guide, Ed Bilderback, we made plans to return the following spring to observe the mood of his country at that time of the year. We would journey farther this time, do some hunting on Kodiak Island, and then across the treacherous Shelikoff Straits to the Alaskan Peninsula. There would be no spawning salmon in the creeks we trudged along last year. No gulls, eagles, and crows would be circling above, and waterfowl would just be returning from their winter in the south. Leaves would have dropped from the alders and there would be snow in the high places. Bears would just be out of their dens, grubbing around, slowly getting their digestive systems in operation again, following their long winter sleep. Our hunting would be done mainly with binoculars, sweeping the grassy hills in an effort to locate bears from the boat or mountainside. We needed desperately pictures of Kodiak bear country, and the actual shooting of one of these largest bears in the world. We met Bilderback and his crew in the city of Kodiak 
following an unsuccessful polar bear hunt at Point Barrow. Bob Munger was my photographer this time. I will not recount the details of our hunt on and around Kodiak Island, but will begin as we make preparations to cross Shilakoff Straits to the Alaskan Peninsula. Kodiak Island, Alaska, Alaskan Peninsula, May 4th through May 11th, 1960. Wednesday, May 4th, 10 p.m. Sent mail home from here, Larson Bay, at noon today. The valiant maiden is tied up at the dock. After lunch, we took the skiff and ran up to the head of the bay, hiked overland one and a half hours to the Carluck River and caught some rainbows and Dolly Varden trout. Back at 8 p.m., Ed, now frying the fish. Planned to start at midnight to cross the straits to the Alaskan Peninsula. Thursday, May 5th. No running last night. Straits were too rough. Started at 6 a.m. this morning. Not too bad. Got into a cove at 1 this afternoon and into the skiff to look for bears. Saw a fine big bear and sow high up in the mountain. Watched them for an hour until they laid down. We started up. At about 60 to 70 yards, the bear heard us and got up to look. We were screened by the alders and he did not know what made the noise. After about five minutes, he walked on a trail around a knoll and Ed ran over to see where he'd gone. Ran head on into him just over the knoll at 25 feet. Ed waved me over, but before I could draw, he took off. A fine big bear. Almost had a big bear. <laughs> I like this country better than Kodiak Island. Friday, May 6, 9 p.m. Up at 6, took the skiff to where we had seen the bears yesterday. Saw a horse and a wolverine but no bears. Went out to a sea lion island. Shot a good sea lion, one with long whiskers. Should have a good film. Caped and skinned him. Back on the boat and running for another cove 20 miles away. No crabs in the pot today. Saturday, May 7th, 8 p.m. Got into Allenchock Bay at 10 last night. Lowered the crab pot at the entrance. Up at six this morning, located a big bear from the boat. Watched him for an hour until he laid down, and then we put off in the skiff and went across the bay to look for him. As it turned out, he was a wise one. He saw us and kept watching as he slowly made his way up to the snow, through it and over the top. We are lucky in seeing big bears, but not yet lucky enough to get a shot at one. Checked another bay. Saw a fox, but no bears. Dug some razor clams and checked still another bay with no results. Wanted to lift a crab pot, but uh, could not find it. We'll try again in the morning when we change location to Poile Bay. Found some Japanese glass floats on the beach. Also some floating rocks. This is the land of Mount Katmai, the volcano that erupted in 1912, 
the source of all these floating stones. We are living off the land. Last evening, our dinner was seal liver, a rabbit, and some oyster crackers. Sunday, May 8th, 10 p.m. Woke up at 4 a.m. with the boat pounding hard. A strong wind was blowing and the anchor was slipping in the sandy bottom. Ed hauled up the anchor and headed toward shore. The skiff with outboard motor that was hitched to the boat broke its three-quarter inch rope and went adrift, heading for the shore of the bay. Another skiff carried on the aft deck was winched overboard and Ed rowed after the runaway. The wind carried him to the shore about half a mile from where it was pounding on the beach. While we held the valiant maid into the wind, Ed tried to launch the skiff and get the motor started. Finally, did and got back to the boat. Too risky to go back for the other skiff and too rocky to get close with the big boat. We could see it for some time with glasses and then it disappeared from view. Either swept out to sea or destroyed. We'll look for it if the wind ever stops blowing. Confined to the cabin of the big boat all day, we are anchored in the lee of the mountain and riding out the storm in comfort. Lifted a crab pot and had four small king crabs. Our Sunday dinner of razor clams and king crabs was appreciated. I wrote cards, cleaned cameras and gear, dried clothing, played cards, read and slept the day out. Very comfortable and warm with the stove going round the clock in the cabin, although the inactivity is despairing. We were reminiscing about the bear we sneaked up on several days ago. If I had followed Ed after that bear instead of taking a higher course, I would have had a 25-foot shot at the big fellow. <sighs> Going to bed. Monday, May 9th, 9 p.m. Anchored in Poale Bay. Up at 7 a.m. and the wind still blowing. At 3 p.m., decided to make a run for it from Allen Chunk Bay here. Not too rough. Got here at 7 p.m., anchored the boat and went ashore in the skiff. Found some glass balls and saw a bear on the beach about a half a mile away. The wind was blowing harder than I'd ever seen it. Not a chance to stalk a bear. So we decided to let him alone in hopes that we could find him tomorrow. Tuesday, May 10th, 8 a.m. Wind blowing still harder this morning. The anchor slipped. Yesterday, we found the legs and shells of many king crabs on the beach, some of them monsters. Have great hopes for a fine catch. Useless to go ashore in this gale. Wind must be 60 miles an hour. Could not shoot an arrow. There are about 30 emperor geese on the beach at present. 11.30 a.m. Breakfast of pancakes and eggs. Wind's still blowing, but we're getting ready to put ashore in the skiff. We plan to climb to a high point and glass the country. Still almost too windy to shoot an arrow, but it is, at least, something to do. Want to check the tracks of the bear that we saw to find out how big he was. 
Bob feels that he should be starting home. Ed is trying to make contact with Kodiak by radio to get a plane to pick him up. Can't get in with a wind blowing like this. Same day, 10.45 p.m. Wow! This was the day! That a beautiful brownie! As soon as we put ashore at 11.30 this morning, this beastly wind went down. Started across a lagoon to climb a hill and look the country over. Ed climbed the rise ahead of us, came running back, saying that there was a bear on the beach near the skiff we had just left. We hurried back, and he was still there. I did a stalk, but about this time the bear decided to head over the mountain. When he got over the top, we got into the skiff and went around the mountain. As we had hoped, he came over the top. Halfway down, he started to run and disappeared in the valley. We climbed higher for a better view, but never did see him again. Climbed another mountain and saw nothing. Did a lot of hiking and hip boots, but did not see any tracks. Very tired after so much hiking. We got back to the boat at 6 p.m., ate a snack, and went ashore again. I was interested only in walking the shore and looking for Japanese floats, but Ed, walking ahead down the beach, suddenly flagged me over. The bear we had been on the beach with last night was there, about two miles away. It was too late for pictures, so Ed and I started after him alone. He was eating king crabs and other delicacies from the kelp piles that littered the beach. His home was in the tag alders that lined the shore, and we made the stalk through them on his own trail. The last hundred yards was thrilling. We had scant cover along the trail that left even the alders as we neared the bear. The only cover was logs and driftwood for the last 50 yards. Ed stopped there. I took the lead and got within 20 yards of the brownie. He was standing broadside, eating something, as I loosed the arrow into his midsection, and the air was immediately motion. The bear growled and spun around in circles. The hit was good, and I felt sure of my bear. I was on his trail, and he came straight for me. I dropped the bow, and I whipped the 45 out of my belt. Had the hammer halfway back with the bear five steps from me when Ed yelled, Don't shoot! He's a big one! In other words, don't spoil this trophy with a bullet hole. At the sound of Ed's voice, the bear saw me and veered off to the side, disappearing in the alders. We hurried up the side of the mountain and watched him drop in the alders, 250 yards where he had been hit a few minutes before. A beautiful bear. Died with his feet in the air from the razor head through his liver. Bob and Harley had been watching from two miles up the beach. They saw the action through glasses and came down in the skiff. It was too late for pictures and we needed an axe to clear the alders so we left him until morning. Got back in the boat at 10 p.m., just about dark. Dined on King Crab and to bed at 12 o'clock. Wednesday, May 11th, 4 p.m. 
Ed woke us up at 4 a.m., a very short night. Wind had changed to the southwest, and he said we had two hours to get pictures and skin the bear. Otherwise, we might be there for a week, as the Shelikov Straits really got rough in a wind from that direction. We took flash equipment and an axe and set out without breakfast, everyone working at top speed, and had the area brushed out, pictures taken, and the bear skinned in two and a half hours. We're back to the Valiant Maid now and on our way to Kodiak Island. Crossing is not too bad. We are headed for Speardon Bay, where we will probably tie up for the night and then on to Kodiak tomorrow. Harley is working on the bearskin and skull as we speed through the rough water. The skin squares 10 feet, two inches. The very biggest ones are 10 feet, six inches. Skull measures 28 inches. Record is 30 inches. I am very pleased with this bear, and I think I will have a standing mount. His skin is in fine shape, no rubbed spots. We did not have enough light for movies, which was a disappointment, but the size of my trophy compensates. Oh, I almost forgot to mention that last evening, as we got to the beach, after the bear hunt, just at twilight, a big bear was silhouetted on the skyline up on a cliff. That one made a total of eight brownies we have seen on this trip. Hunting brown bears with a bow is exciting business. They are big and powerful, but a razor head lays them low. They look very big at 20 yards and bigger still at five head on. This has been a thrilling trip. Action with both polars and brownies, with wolves and sea lions thrown in for spice. I have learned at least one thing. Those big heads are good for deer, but are not needed on bigger game. The regular razor head does the job nicely, and they fly better for the one shot a week one gets under difficult hunting conditions such as these. 9.30 p.m. Running for Kodiak five hours away. We'll get there about 2 a.m. Plane leaves Kodiak at 11 a.m. If we can get on and the weather is right, we will take off in a stupor. I am beat. We'll call home from Kodiak. Looking forward to seeing my wife and getting home. Must stop at Juneau and talk with conservation people there. A day in Seattle and then home. Bears Field Notes is produced by the team at Bear Archery. Learn more about Bear Archery and its complete suite of products at beararchery.com. Narration by Alan Johnson. Direction, production, sound mixing, and editing by Smarter Labs. Theme song by Isaac Ollie. Chapter art and design by Samantha Marksberry. Special thanks to the Bear Archery team for providing their original content to produce these episodes. 
visit bayerarchery.com to listen to all episodes, sign up for future updates, and see articles, maps, photos, videos, and more.